Hello, this is Yolanda Murphy, and welcome to this Exceptional Journey podcast, where you will find inspiration to live courageously through adversity, empowerment to live freely despite your past, and ignition to live boldly in your purpose, all by walking the survivor's side of life. Good people. What is up? It is your girl, Yolanda Murphy, back with another episode of this Exceptional Journey podcast. How y'all been? If this is your first time, welcome. Come on in. Have a good old seat. (laughs) If this is not your first time, thank you so much for coming back. How you been? Ready for the holidays? I hope so. (laughs) Because I sure am not, if I'm honest. But either way it goes, guys, thank you so much for clicking over to my little corner of the podcast world and rocking with your girl just for a little while. Before I get into the topic, which you can see is going to be so eventful, I wanted to give you my social media information just so I don't forget at the end. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at This Exceptional Journey. And then on Twitter, I'm at TEJ Podcast. Um, hashtag me, TEJ Podcast, questions, comments, suggestions, your girl wants to hear from you. But let's go ahead and get into the topic. As you can tell, I just wanted to get to know you guys. <laughs> but seriously, so here's the crazy thing. Some of you know me. Some of you know me very well. Uh, but then there's like a bunch of people that don't. I've had some like amazing new listeners log in and You know, even on social media, you know, people have been hitting me up and following me that I just don't know at all. So I thought it would be advantageous um, to kind of put myself out there uncomfortably (laughs) and just let you guys know a little bit more um, about me. So, I mean, some of you, hey, what's up? You already know. Um, But for the others of you, let me let you know me. But I mean, you know, I'm new to the podcast scene anyway, so I thought it would be great to get it, you know, out early so people can just be like, who is Yolanda? (laughs) And you can know exactly who I am or at least know a little bit more about me. So let's just start with the things that are obvious. Um, If you've listened to previous podcasts, if you've read any of my blogs, if you followed me on social media, you probably know a few of these things I'm going to let you know, but if not, welcome. (laughs) So as you can tell, I am a female. Hello. Um, (laughs) At this point, I am a two and a half year breast cancer survivor. Um, I'm 39, not married, no children. Hello. Um, I'm African-American. You know, I live in Pittsburgh, PA, that's like the basic stuff. I mean, like I said, if you've listened or read or looked, you kind of know all that stuff already, right? Um, But what I wanted to get into is a little bit deeper things, you know, unless you know me, you probably wouldn't know. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So first things first, I, I just have to let you know a couple of my loves. I am not the person I am without these first couple things. So first of all, coffee is life. (laughs) 
I know I cannot be the only person that thinks coffee just makes the world go round. And here's the kicker. I have loved coffee ever since I was little. Legitimately, anyone can ask my parents. Like, I can remember five or six years old. And if you're from Pittsburgh, you know about Eaton Park, right? Um, and I don't know. Are there Eaton Parks <laughs> anywhere else in the U.S.? I don't know. But if you're from Pittsburgh, you definitely know about Eaton Park. It's a restaurant, kind of like a family-style um now as an adult, I would equate it to um, a step up above hospital cafeteria food. <laughs> but when I was younger, of course, we used to go there all the time. And my mom and dad are both coffee drinkers, two completely different coffee drinkers. Like my mom is like black with sugar, disgusting. <laughs> and then my dad is like, give me all the creams and give me all the sugars. And of course, we would go out to eat and I would be like, dad, can I taste that? <laughs> And I can vividly remember numerous times and it wasn't just a sip. It, it wouldn't, <laughs> this is so horrible. It wouldn't be a sip though, guys. It, it would not be like a, no, it was guzzle guzzle. He needs another cup of coffee. <laughs> and I would be like, am I supposed to be drinking this? I don't think so. But my parents let me. So, you know, I was just a kid. They let me do it. So, I mean, I say all of that to say my love for coffee goes back decades. And here I am in my 30s and just an old cup of joe in the morning. It, you know, it just gets me right. <laughs> like, it's probably almost an addiction. <laughs> like, if I don't have my coffee, and to be honest, especially after breast cancer, like after chemo and having radiation, my body is just not, it's not the same. I get very tired very easily. So coffee helps with that. And, but it's, it's, it's the real deal guys. I mean, I am kind of a, a Starbucks head. Um, judge me. Don't judge me. Um, I just love their blonde Americano with four pumps of caramel. No more, no less. Uh, and they kind of know me by name. You know, there's a Starbucks in my building where I work. So they're like, oh, hey, girl, how you doing? Oh, you already know I'm down here for my morning and afternoon cup of coffee. Hello. Um, but coffee's just my thing. It's, you know, as most adults probably, right? <laughs> so that's the first thing. Second thing, popcorn, guys. It's, it's serious. <laughs> Again, this is something that I learned very early that I absolutely love. Uh, and I blame my dad. There's a couple things on this list I blame my dad for. I am a daddy's girl. Hey, dad, I love you. Um, coffee was the first one. Popcorn is definitely the second one. Um, growing up, we did old school popcorn. We did over the stove with a big pan, butter or oil, whatever you so choose. And you shake that joint. You just shake it, pop, 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 shake it, put it in a brown paper bag. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, put it in a brown paper bag, put some salt, close that bag up, shake it. And here's the kicker. <laughs> and if you're laughing or you know exactly what I'm talking about, you probably already know what I'm about to say. Sometimes I would let my dad save just a little. He would save me some when I was younger, but I would save a little bit of a little bit. He saved me for the next morning because when that butter sits in and that salt sits for a little bit guys as you can tell it's an obsession <laughs> listen anybody who already knows me you're probably cracking up laughing right now because you already know like popcorn really is a thing for me like 
I just recently had two root canals done. Um, I think one at the end of October and then one at the end of November. I had to space them joints out, y'all. I wasn't playing. <laughs> but I recently had them done and popcorn was not stopping me. And I know if I have any dental peeps out there, you're probably like, oh my gosh. Listen, it's real. The dentist that was doing my work, um, you know, the very first time she did my first root canal, she was like, nothing... Um, nothing chewy, nothing hard, and nothing crunchy. I said, does that include popcorn? Legit, flat out. <laughs> does that include popcorn? She was like, I mean, you can try to chew it on the other side. Girlfriend, and here's the thing. I had a root canal done on one side and a root canal done on the other side. I'm still eating popcorn. I'm probably going to make some when I get done recording this now. <laughs> it is legit. And here's the thing. I don't need the seasonings. I don't, they're good. I've had caramel popcorn. Kettle corn is another one of my favorites. But that good old straight off the stove with butter and salt gets me every time. Gets me every time. I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I love about it. <laughs> so popcorn would definitely be something if you ever want to get me a gift for Christmas. I do love that whole trimix, you know, with the caramel, butter, and cheddar. Let me know. I'll give you my Addy. <laughs> but that's just something else I absolutely love. Wanted to make sure you guys knew about. All right. <laughs> um, next thing, again, I do blame on my father. Dad, I'm sorry. These first three are, they just made me me. Um, but I love meat. I just love meat. <laughs> and for you nasty people out there, that's not what I meant. Okay. <laughs> just joking, guys. But literally, like, I, again, can remember, because my dad is a meat and potatoes guy through and through. Um, and my mom is kind of, you know, I can live without me. And I remember growing up and I always gravitated towards my father's plate. Like, oh, you have steak? Oh, you have pork chops? Oh my goodness. I want some. Let my dad tell it growing up. I always used to eat the fat. Now I think it's disgusting. However, <laughs> I, you know, I really could just eat chicken for dinner. Give me a chicken breast. Give me a fried thigh and wing or leg. I mean, give me some real good um, baked pork chops. Mm. I just, I just like meat. I, it's, it's so satisfying. And I like carbs. I mean, I like carbs. Um, but just another thing about me, if you ever want to take me to dinner, just know it probably needs to be like a steakhouse. <laughs> That is so greedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it probably needs to be a steakhouse, Texas Roadhouse. We're going. Okay. And here's the bad thing. Here's the crazy thing. Ever, I've been to Texas Roadhouse. We literally just got a Texas Roadhouse here in my hometown um, in like right outside the city of Pittsburgh um, in a city called Monroeville. We got a Texas Roadhouse, which is on the east side of the city. And I've been there... I want to say three times. It's been here, I want to say, since last summer. Um, it, I don't even think that long, to be honest. They've been working on it for a long time. But I, if I had to guess, probably it's been here hmm, maybe since the fall of last year. It came at some point last year. But anyway, I've been there three times. Um, and the first time I went, I didn't know what to expect because I had never gone. I always, you know, heard the bread was amazing, which to be honest, I can do without. That's the crazy thing. Like I can do without bread. I can really do without sweets like pies and cookies and cakes and candy. I mean, I like those things, 
but I'm a salty person. So I think that's why the meat like, you know, really lines up with that. <laughs> um, but I went to Texas Roadhouse, the very, like I said, the very first time I really didn't know what to order. So I just got a steak. I figured it's in your name. It should be good. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, but the second time I got a Lord Adventurous and then the third time I just got the same thing I got the second time. You want to know what that was? I know you were going to ask. So basically I got the half barbecue chicken, right? I got, you know, broccoli and maybe mashed. I think it was mashed potatoes I got. I got a whole side of catfish. <laughs> I'm so telling on myself. I got a whole side of catfish. <laughs> I'm sorry, even when I say it, it's ridiculous. And then I got um, a side of green beans. Now, green beans, you know, vegetables, but their green beans are fire. Hello. But I just wanted to let you know, I got a whole nother side of meat that was so unnecessary because you have a whole half a chicken. Why do you need fish? And here's the other thing. I don't eat it all. Like I'll pick on the chicken. I'll pick on the fish. I just want to taste everything. And then I have like two more meals for the next two days. It worked out, right? <laughs> anyway, number three, I am a carnivore at heart. Thanks, Father. I love you dearly. So the next one has nothing to do with my father. And to be honest, growing up, my dad used to always tease me about it. I am left-handed. I remember growing up, I didn't know. I mean, of course, when you're little, you don't know anything about left hand, right hand. You know, you don't know anything about that. But I just remember growing up all the time and my dad used to say, oh, you're wrong handed. <laughs> isn't that grimy? Like, isn't that horrible? My dad, oh, you're wrong handed. I would be like, what? Is there something wrong with my hand? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm in a really great mood. Um, but yeah, so I'm left handed growing up, as you can imagine, for other, you know, lefties that are out there. When you're that minority, like you don't have scissors to cut with. You don't like I would be in arts and crafts or in art growing up and they would be like, oh, here's some right handed scissors. What I'm supposed to do with them? <laughs> they don't cut. If I can't put right handed scissors, scissors in my left hand, they don't cut. That's the whole point of why they're called right handed. And then I remember now, of course, I'm a child of the 80s. So, you know, today everything is all inclusive, like anything you are. They got you for everything. Hello. Um but I remember when we first got left-handed scissors in art in like third or fourth grade, you would have thought like it was the biggest deal ever to the point where I went up to my teacher and said, can you hold these scissors for me when I come back? Um, because it was such, it was such a, I mean, you know, left-handed people, you know, when we write notebooks, you know, our, our writing is always smeared. I end up with black ink on my pinky all the time. So I end up, if it's a blank notebook, flipping it the other way and put the binding the other way, it helps a little bit. But these are things being left-handed, you know, you have to do that right-handed people just don't think about because it's their world, you know? <laughs> but even now, like I bat right-handed, like I used to play softball um, growing up. Um, I batted right-handed. Um, I played basketball in high school and college. I did shoot left-handed, but I dribbled right-handed. So it's this crazy thing where, you know, like you're this anomaly and people don't know how to teach you besides what they already know, which is right-handed. So they taught me how to dribble right-handed. They taught me to bat right-handed. They taught me to write even. Like I got a cut on my left hand in, in elementary school. They were like, oh, just be right-handed. Oh yeah, let me go ahead and turn that on and off. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't work that way. 
It doesn't work that way. But anyway, just another little cool fact about me. It's kind of making sense, isn't it, guys? Like who I am, it's, it's making sense. Um, next one I wanted to bring up is that I was adopted at seven months old. Isn't that crazy? So here's the thing. I've always known I was adopted. Always. Like my mom and dad always let me. I was probably at the earliest maybe six or seven, maybe seven or eight, eight at the oldest. And, but here's the thing. My mom used to always tell me, oh, you're my special baby. You're my special child. And I, of course, like at four or five, I'm like, mom, I don't know what you're talking about. What are, what are you saying? Um, but as I got older, they bought me books and we used to talk about it. Um, so it was never a secret, you know, in our household that I was adopted. Of course, when I was younger, I didn't know what it meant. But as I got older, I was like, oh, okay that makes sense but best believe bunny and gwen those are my parents <laughs> those are their nicknames <laughs> they are my parents through and through um i just bring that up to say that maybe somewhere in this podcast journey it may come up again um and i may even have people on the podcast that may just talk about it so it won't be like a fascination if you wonder why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, to be honest, like being an adult, especially after breast cancer and my mom and dad being like my rock and my support, I would have it no other way. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way before, clearly. I mean, they're my parents. Um, but seeing two people who have no DNA connection to a live human being, but love them unconditionally as if they were theirs and they gave birth to them completely blows my mind going through breast cancer let me see how deep their love ran for me not that i didn't know it before um but it's a whole different ball game when you go through a disease and it's you that makes sense right so yeah girl i was adopted seven months old again you may hear that story come up later don't be surprised or verklempt all right <laughs> anyway next one i actually have a brother who is 10 years younger than me, legit, like, and he is the biological child of my mom and dad. How's that work? <laughs> like legit, like apparently from the story I know, like my mom and dad couldn't conceive when they were trying to have me. They were married for seven years. They were like, oh my goodness, let's just get a baby because we wanna be a whole family, amen. They found me, I'm grateful. And then 10 years later, my mom pops up like, you're gonna have a brother. I was like, what? I was so mad. I was like, I asked you for a brother when I was five. When I was five, I asked you for a brother. Now all of a sudden I got a brother. I love you, Arch. I'm sorry. I love you, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so I have a brother that's 10 years younger than me. It was a very interesting, um, like he was my child. Like I was 10 when he was a baby, but by the time he was like old enough to like do stuff like three, four, I was a teenager. Of course, being the big sister, I had to take him everywhere. RJ, I know you're probably laughing because you're probably thinking about Eastland when you told that boy I, I was 15 when I said I was 18. That was not funny. <laughs> I was trying to Mac back in the 90s, okay? Um, but yeah, so I kind of was like a second mom to him. And, um, you know, for years, even while my brother was going through college and all of that, like my mom and dad would call me like, can you talk to your brother? I would be like, what? Like, y'all are his parents. He only listens to you. <laughs> That's because I used to whoop him. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm hyped up. 
but I love my brother to pieces. It's just me and him, ride or die for life. Um, but it was just interesting growing up with somebody 10 years younger because, like I said, I felt like I had a kid early. So <laughs> it was altogether fun, right, Arch? Yes. <laughs> um, next in one, I wanted to let you guys know I sing. Um, so literally if you grew up in the black church and you're a child, I'm talking about from like the seventies to like the early two thousands, um, you did everything like legit. You did everything. You ushered <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ushered y'all mimed. You were the praise dancers. You were the youth choir. You were the young adult choir. Um, on youth Sunday, you read the scripture and the announcements. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. If you know exactly what I'm talking about, hit me up in the comments and let me know. Okay. Raise your hand if you know. Um, so growing up, I've, I was always in the choir. Um, actually my grandmother, actually both of my grandmothers, cause my mom and dad grew up in the same, um, city here. Uh, and it's right outside of Pittsburgh. It's called Braddock. And uh, my mom and dad, well, you guys probably know about Braddock, where like all the steel mills and stuff were back in the day. Yeah, that's where my mom and dad grew up. And um, so there was a little, you know, little church there um, that both of my grandmothers actually used to attend and both of them were in the choir. Um, and then my godmother was also in the choir. Uh, my mom was in the choir. Um, and then my mom, I'm sorry, my aunt not only was in the choir, but she was also a minister. So literally I had all of these very strong women in my life, just like belting for Jesus. <laughs> I hate to put it that way, but that's basically what it was. Like all of these strong women in my life were like, we love them. Let's just sing for them. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, me and my cousins, to be honest, um, we kind of just picked it up because that's what we knew. And, you know, you growing up, you kind of have an ear for it. Um, and I guess I'll plug the next one, I started, I, I used to play the piano um, from age four to age 13. I would love to pick it up again, but I say all of that to say to tie those two together, you know, when you sing, you have to have an ear because you have to hear your note, you got to be on pitch, tone, um, whatever's needed, you know, by the director or the leader of, you know, the singing aggregation. Um, but I think what helped me growing up singing was playing the piano. Um, when I was four years old, my cousin at the time, my cousin, my aunt's son was going to piano lessons and he is, I want to say like nine years older than me, eight or nine years. If I'm not wrong, it may even be 10, but it's between eight and 10, but he was going to uh, piano lessons. And one day I went and I was four and, um, he had played something, you know, I was listening, playing with the dogs cause his piano teacher had dogs. And it was just a really cool thing. I was like, oh, so fine. All right. So then after I think everything was done, I walked like, you know, my aunt and my mom were there. They were talking to the piano teacher, just making small talk. And I think I went up to the piano and started playing exactly what he played um, just by ear. And they were like, oh, wait a minute. What's going on? So, I mean, from there, I started piano lessons. And my mom was like, do you like this? I was like, yeah, let, I mean, let's do it. So from the age of four to the age of 13, um, I played the piano. Unfortunately, my mom gave me the choice. You know how much money I could be making right now? <laughs> like I started playing piano at four, like legit four, doing recitals and everything. 
But my mom gave me a choice. She said, do you want to play sports or play the piano? Now, who's going to pick the piano over basketball? Who's going to do that? I did not, which is why I stopped playing at 13. But anyway, those two kind of go hand in hand, and they really helped me growing up. Like, you know, it, it really helped me develop my uh, personality. Um, and then as well, being in a choir and being with other people your age, being able to go to rehearsals, it was just fun. It was a really fun time. And even now, I still sing now at my church. Um, I'm a part of the worship team. I'm a part of a community choir as well. Um, that we travel and we've been on some shows and anyway so I sing and here's a big one guys here's a really really big one and we're almost to a close I honestly believe and you know people who know know me will probably like crack up at this but people who know me know me will be like oh girl yes yeah, you're right I honestly believe I am an extroverted introvert I'm gonna let that sink in real quick <laughs> or they call them ambiverts I read this online. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. For as much talking as I do, you know, you've heard me say in previous episodes that I'm chatty Kathy, and I am. There are certain instances and situations where I can talk your ear off, contingent upon who you are, where I am, and what we're talking about. If we're talking about electronics, if we're talking about, you know, the newest gadgets, I'm down. If we're talking about coffee or popcorn, I'm all the way down certain other things as well but there are just certain times people are like are you okay I'm like no I'm good I just don't feel like talking <laughs> and what I had to realize is that's okay because here's the thing you know when people get to know you they expect you to be that same you every single time and for a long time and of course growing up as a teenager you're like oh yes I gotta keep up no 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 I'm quite comfortable where I am now I'm <laughs> I'm quite comfortable um but I looked up this whole article, so I'm just going to read over a few of these things um, that what an intro, extroverted introvert is. And I think I fit the bill. Guys, hit me up in the comments, hashtag TJ podcast. Let me know if you think this matches me. Right. So your energy level is closely tied to your environment. Um, you find people both to be intriguing and exhausting. If this is not me, <laughs> I have this conversation with my close friends all the time. Like, I'm over it. I want to go. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. Certain people and interactions drain you while others recharge you. I think that goes without saying. Um, you can be charming, but also deeply introspective and reflective. Let's say you need time to warm up in social situations. Um... It actually takes less energy to say what's on your mind than to make small talk. So, you know, those were just a few things. Those were just a few things, like I said. And I found that interesting because growing up, it was, I felt like an anomaly. And not to get deep or anything like that, but I often felt like I had to put on this extroverted persona. But then there were times where I just didn't want to be bothered with people. And I'm talking about, I can remember this feeling going back as early as like middle school or high school. Like I've always been the person to make people laugh. And some of this makes sense, but I just always felt like I had to be the class clown or I always had to make people laugh. And sometimes it's amazing. I love those times. Like my choir had um, um, a Christmas concert this week and like, it felt amazing. Like, the energy was great in the room. Like, you know, there were, if I had to say in the mass choir that I sing in at church, there were probably maybe 40 or 50 people. 
we were downstairs just mingling, talking, waiting till it was our time to go up and sing. And, and, um, it was great. The energy was live. I was live. You know what I'm saying? And I was just going to the little pockets of people talking, making sure everybody was okay. It felt amazing to go around it. And I'm cool with everybody. Like it's, it's not a big deal talking to everybody. Hey girl, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. All right. Wonderful. Laughing, joking, making, feeling great in the moment. If you would have caught me yesterday, it would have been a whole different ball game. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So I, it's it's been an anomaly, but here's the other thing. I think we all have some of that introvert, extrovert balance. We're just all on different ends of the spectrum, but you got to know what's good for you, right? I'm not trying to drop no nuggets, but I just wanted to let you know. All right. <laughs> um, next to last thing I wanted to let you guys know is my favorite music. So I am a huge music head. Like I love so many different types of music. Um, like I said, I've been singing since I was younger. Um, gospel, of course, you know, in church, but I can remember the very first time I got my first um, record player. It was burgundy or red and it lifted up on top and it, you know, had the, the Turner and all of that. And it had all the presets and everything on the front. I had to have been maybe like 12, 11 or 12. And it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I might've even been younger than that. I might, might've been even like nine or 10, but then a couple years later, I got a whole like, shelf stereo system I was like what <laughs> it had two tape decks which you could record from hello quiet storm on whammo if you know what I'm talking about um two tape decks it had um a record player on top but then it also had a cd player my very first cd was Janet Jackson's Janet album where it's you know she's sitting on front and someone has her hand their hands on her boobs like you couldn't have told me anything like you couldn't have told me anything <laughs> so you know I've always had a love for music bought cassette tapes TLC and um third not third base ace of bass and um nine inch nails Tupac Biggie um just anything and I've loved music forever like literally I'm a music hit so today my faves if I had to like I still love everything the only thing I don't like is country y'all I'm sorry if you love country I apologize I haven't heard any newer country I've I, I've heard that you know country's making a comeback all right like with the newer generation but old school country like growing up 80s and 90s everybody's sad somebody's dying somebody got a disease the dog got pushed off the cliff I can't do it I I need joy at the end of the day okay um but everything except country I think maybe if you send me some some stuff I might like it but right now I'm really digging on jazz um or nothing I mean here's the thing I like almost everything but what I choose to listen to um is like Robert Glasper um Corey Henry um, if we think about like alternative or like um, new, like indie-ish, um, Moonchild, Alan Stone, um, Jordan Rakei, I think that's how you say his last name. Um, just tons of people uh, that are on the scene, but not really on the scene, but are so passionate about their work. Like I remember years and years and years ago, I was listening to Tiana Taylor when she was just on um, Dat Piff. Now, if you know what Dat Piff is, you're a real music head, okay? Um, but I remember Tiana Taylor was just putting out records. 
And it was on Datpiff, which is a completely free platform where you can download your music to get known. This had to have been like 2010, maybe 2011, 11 or 12, before anybody knew who Tiana Taylor was, before she was married, you know, to the basketball player, before she had Junie, nobody knew who she was, but I was rocking her in my car all the time. Then this baby hit the scene. I'm like, I got good taste. I know. And there's a couple people I've done that with, like Liliana Lahavas, who's from the UK. She's flipping amazing. Was listening to her back then as well. She was on Datpiff. Um, but I love all types of genres of music. I say all of that to say I love music. And if you know of any, you know, new up and coming artists or people who are, you know, unsigned, um, let me know. I love new music. All again, it runs the gamut, not just gospel, but almost anything except country. <laughs> and then lastly, guys, I wanted to let you know, at heart, I am a world traveler. Now, I mean, we could probably all say that, don't get me wrong, but I have this obsession with London. <laughs> Never been. I've met a couple people, you know, spoken to them or what have you. Um, but I can remember back in the day, I had to have been maybe like five or six. And I used to watch the BBC channel. Listen, I have been watching Red Dwarf, Are You Being Served? Oh, what was the name of that other show? Are You Being Served, Red Dwarf? I can't think of the other one right now, but there were three specific shows I used to watch on the BBC channel and my obsession for London has not changed. Now, what has happened now that I'm completely exposed to the entire world, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> um, like just everywhere. Because here's the thing, I don't want to just know my culture. I want to know everybody else's culture. Um, so I've kind of been fascinated specifically since after breast cancer with just wanting to travel everywhere, like legit everywhere. Now, you need money to do that, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm working on a couple trips. I mean, every year <clears throat> I go somewhere. Um, but, you know, I really want to step it up and just be like, for a whole month, I'm going to India. How amazing would that be, right? I would just love to be like able to remotely work. Like, oh, Yolanda, where are you now? Oh, I'm in Bali, you know, writing blog posts and recording podcasts with the camels walking behind me. I would love it. Every part of Africa, I want to see every part. Like, I just, let's walk it all. <laughs> Traveling is a big part of my heart and my desire. And, you know, it, it's something I definitely strive for. So there you have it, guys. That's it. I had no plans or intentions of this podcast being this long I thought it was gonna be like 20 minutes I'm sorry so if you've made it this far thank you so much for listening um like I said I at least wanted to make this podcast because you know it's it's great to start something new when I started this whole podcast journey a couple months ago I know what I wanted to accomplish or at least what road I wanted to go down but you know every day is a winding road isn't that a song? Oh, I love that song. I won't sing it though. <laughs> um, but I at least wanted to let you guys know who don't know me and maybe new to the podcast, know a little bit about me. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm not just breast cancer. And like I said, in one of my previous episodes, everything we're going to talk about is not cancer, but I can only speak from a fresh survivor's perspective. Um, but there's so much to me that I want to accomplish, so much that I want to do, and I want to let you guys in on the journey. Hence, 
this exceptional journey. So again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, Yeah, catch me on the next one and I'll talk to you guys soon.